Hallelujah, hallelujah, beloved, wonderful, holy, gracious God. We come to you now in the name of Jesus. We seek you. We love you, Lord. And as we prepare, Father God, for tonight's service, we ask you, Lord, to simply have your way in us. To do, O oh Lord, all that you would do tonight. O oh Lord, push us out of the way, Lord God, and prepare us for what you would do. Father God, I know that there are those who would gather tonight that are hurting and those who are lost and those, O oh God, who are hungry and those who are seeking, Lord. Father, would you touch us where we are? Would you meet each one according to his or her need? Would you bring us, Lord, into the presence of a holy God to find liberation, to find deliverance, to find empowerment, to find purpose, to find healing, to find restoration, to find the Christ who redefines everything. Father, we love you and we thank you for your blessings upon us tonight as we prepare our hearts to worship you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you, Lord, for being enamored of us. Oh, Father, I'm reminded of that quote I saw earlier, Father God. I can't even remember who it was. It might have been Edwards. I'm not really sure. But it simply said, when I look at myself, I cannot see how God could save me. But when I look at the cross, when I look at Christ on the cross, then I cannot comprehend how I would not be saved. Hallelujah. 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 Brothers, sisters, friends, as we begin to gather, let's begin to worship Let's begin to seek the Lord. Let's begin to glorify his name. We're uh, just going to listen to some little pieces here and there of sermons and begin to prepare our hearts for what the Lord has for us tonight. Thank you for joining us early. Service begins in about 12 minutes or so. But uh, let's get our hearts ready. Chapter 12, verse 1, near the end of the verse let us lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There are a couple of things said here as a means to running. It says, lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us. Not just sins. Don't just lay aside sins to run this race. Lay aside every other weight that gets in your way. What this says is, don't just ask, what's wrong with it? Don't just ask, is it a sin? That's about the lowest question you can ask in life. So what, well, preacher, what question should I ask if it's not, is it a sin? And the answer is, does it help me run? That's the answer. Does it get in my way when I'm trying to become more patient, more kind, more gentle, more loving, more holy, more pure, more self-controlled? Does it get in my way or does it help me run? Look to Jesus and lay aside sins for sure. 
lots of other stuff and a little voice is going to say this looks like a lot of loss and not much gain at that point open your Bible to Hebrews 12 2 and look at how Jesus in Gethsemane said tomorrow morning is going to be a lot of loss this is going to be mega loss at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. In fact, it's going to happen all night long. I will never sleep again before I die. And it's going to hurt like hell, literally. How did he do that? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So the answer is, yes, it's going to be loss. But I promise you, on the authority of God's word, the Christian life is gain. Say to the flesh and say to Satan, the sufferings of this life are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to me. And so, I will lay aside every weight and I will lay aside every sin and I will run with Jesus. Hi, Pastor Matt Chandler here from the Village Church in the The call for self-denial teaches the pursuit of satisfaction in God. Mark 8:34 If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what does it profit a man? If he gain the whole world and forfeit his soul. The reason we have to take up our cross and deny ourselves is not because we're liable to have too much pleasure in God. So we need a little bit of, little bit of suffering thrown in. The reason we have to take up our cross and deny ourselves is because we are so liable to find our pleasures elsewhere. Not been a Christian for 64 years and every day I must deny myself my bent to seek pleasure elsewhere. The corruption of the human heart does not need a conversion story out of drugs. It just needs to look in the mirror at age 70. Where would we be without self-denial? In love with the world, that's where we'd be. Suicidal pleasures, that's where we'd be.
and you will never outgrow the need for that command. Die, Christian, every day. Put to death what is earthly in you. And don't think you've given up Christian hedonism. It is all about joy. It's all about, oh, more of you, more of you, none of that. I'm not going to be killed by that. I don't care how good it feels. So, the teaching of Jesus about self-denial teaches you to pursue your joy where it is, not where it isn't. Flannery O'Connor, short story writer, novelist, the connection between self-denial and the quest for joy like this. Always you renounce a lesser good for a greater. The opposite is what sin is. Picture me with my ground teeth stalking joy, fully armed, for it is a highly dangerous Oh, is it ever? It may cost you your life. It may cost you everything in this world. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If someone offers you 80 years of pleasure in this world, then eternal misery, you better hate your life in this world. <laughs> or you're not a Christian hedonist. You're a fool. I'm going to share with some, you something I've never shared in a conference. It's a personal testimony. And it might cause many of you to be very disappointed in me, me to not even hear anything I have to say. So be it. I preached in a lot of places once. As a young man in the ministry, I was privileged of being around a lot of very, very old, very, very godly men. And they would talk to me. Now these weren't, these were men of God very staunch, reformed, some of them. People not given to enthusiasm or emotions or any other thing like that. Sound, man. But they would talk to me about the power of God. They would talk to me about the presence of God. Not as men quoting stories that they had read, but men who themselves had seen with their own eyes the working of God. And I would go out on the streets in Austin, Texas and preach. I was afraid. There was no boldness. There was no power. There was nothing. But I would always hear the voices of these old men. And one day I decided enough is enough. I will seek him until I find him or until I die. I went into a closet and I said, I'll not leave this closet until I know God. Fifteen minutes later, I fell asleep. My roommates came home and found me in the closet. So I took an alarm clock with me. Please, I'm not saying this for any other reason except I feel like I'm supposed to. Took an alarm clock with me. Set it for every 15 minutes. I'd pray for maybe five or ten minutes, fall asleep. 
alarm clock go off, set it again. This was my prayer. I didn't pray for China. I didn't pray for the presence of God. I, I, in the sense of my ministry, I asked one thing. Lord, you said if I seek you, I'll find you. You said, you said it, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to me. You would let yourself be found by me if I seek you. Night after night after night after night for months, two and three hours a night, simply sitting there like this, on my knees. Lord, it's been four months now. It's been five days now, and you still have not come and just sit there. Lord, I've been here three hours, and you have not come. Day after day and night after night. And then one day our church was spring break, and all the college students were going to go on a Bible study ski trip type thing in Colorado. And I felt like the Lord wanted me just to go out into West Texas to the hill country, pretty barren. And I walked on top of those hills for three days like a wild man. If you would have seen me, you would have thrown me in an asylum. I was picking up rocks and I was throwing them, literally, physically throwing them at the sky. I was screaming. I was saying, God, I must know you. You must come. You must. I can't live like this anymore. I can't live just reading books. I can't live just reading about revivals and about people who knew somebody, who knew somebody, who knew somebody, who knew you. Nothing happened. I went home. Another several weeks passed. And one night, he came. He came. I just said, oh, Father, I can't. Please come. And he came. I was thrown down on the ground. I don't know how long in a fetal position, covering my head, thinking... God's come to kill me. The presence of God in a way that in one second more of my sin and my need and His glory and power was revealed. And then all of a sudden, every bit of fear was taken away. And I was filled with such joy. And my mouth shot open. Now don't be afraid. Verse after verse from Psalms and from everywhere else. Passages I had read just started coming forth. Praises unto Him, the Word of God. Hallelujah. And I can tell you, it has been Hallelujah. 20 years. The presence of Christ is more Hallelujah. real to me in this room than any one of you. And one of the things that is so bad Glory. today is many of you men, Glory. you also have known the presence Glory. of Christ. But now most of your prayer life Glory. is nothing but praying just a little. And then just realizing he hasn't come and getting up and walking away instead of staying there until he does. It's just prayer of going through the motions. You want holiness in your life? Run to Hallelujah. Oh, saints of God, that's a beautiful place to start before we go into worship. Let's just lift our hands and invite the presence of the Lord and say, Father, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord Jesus, come. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Come, come, come. Bashem Adonai. In the name of the Lord. Barukaba. Bashem Adonai. Barukaba Bashem Adonai. Lord, come tonight, come tonight, come tonight. And meet us right where we are, oh God, please. Please, don't let us go through the motions. Don't let us just gather because that's what we do. 
Don't let us just come together because, hey, well, it's 6 o'clock and we might as well do something on a Saturday night. Father, no. No. Oh, Father, I love these little sermonettes, these sermon intros, because they cut to the chase and remind us of certain things, Father. You've reminded us tonight, Lord God, of our need to hunger and thirst after you, to hunger and thirst after righteousness. You've reminded us tonight, Lord God, that we can't just make this routine. You've reminded us tonight, Lord God, that we must deny ourselves. Otherwise, we'll find pleasure in something other than you. We could leave here, Lord God, and turn on our television or turn on our radio, Lord God. We could hang out with friends or go out to eat or do something and find pleasure in this world, but not pleasure like you. Oh God, there is none like you. There is none like you. There is no power like your power. There is no grace like your grace. There is no love like your love. There is no presence like the presence of God. There is nothing so holy, no one so wonderful. There is nothing so glorious as you, O God. And we desire to come close to you tonight. We desire to know you better, to go deeper, to, O Lord God, to press in closer. O oh Lord, tonight may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. O oh God, tonight inhabit the praises of your people. Tonight be with us as we hear your word. Tonight be with us as we seek your face. Tonight, Lord God, let somebody get saved. Tonight, Lord God, let somebody get delivered. Tonight, Lord God, let somebody find purpose and hope and meaning in this life. Oh God, tonight let somebody be healed. Tonight let a life be changed and transformed. Tonight, Lord God, tonight, Lord God, tonight, Lord God, we enter in with faith. Oh God, we enter in hungry, Lord God. We enter in thirsting, Lord God. We enter in crying out to you because you said that you would not turn away any who seek you. So we come to you tonight. We love you tonight. We seek your face tonight. We ask you, Lord, to be God in us tonight. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord doing us what only you can do. Father, change us, transform us, teach us your ways tonight, 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 in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Brothers, sisters, friends, let's worship God. When we all get to heaven, we'll sing and shout the victory. Let's sing it together. First verse, I'll sing.
shout the victory. Sing and shout the victory. Sing and shout the victory. Oh, come on, get up and shout.
Yeah, these songs are old school, but the lyrics are up in the chat room for anyone who needs them. Come on. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Satan will have to flee. Tell me who can stand before us when we call on his great name. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, we have the victory. Who can Jesus, precious Jesus, we have the Oh, 
to die. Suffering anguish, despised and rejected. Bearing our sins, our Redeemer is He. Everybody say, Live. Live me, love me, die in Peace. Peace. He had conquered. Now he's in heaven. My savior is he. Everybody say, Live in peace. Die in peace. My sin far. Because it preaches the gospel. So let's continue in this vein. We've got another oldie but goodie simply entitled, He Set Me Free. And isn't that exactly what the gospel is? He set me free. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you. Darkness of night has drifted away. 
My feet are planted on higher ground. And glory to God, I'm homeward bound. Yes, yes, yes. 
gospel right there that's the whole gospel right there there it is say jesus saves jesus saves jesus saves jesus saves we have heard the joyful sound spread the tidings all around bear the news to every land climb the mountain cross the waves onward tis our lord's command jesus saves Wafted on the rolling tide, tell to sinners far and wide. Echo back, you ocean's cave. Earth shall keep her jubilee. Jesus saves. Sing above the battle strife. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. By his death and endless life, shout it brightly through the gloom. When the heart for mercy craves, sing in triumph over the tomb. Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, that, that's the gospel right there. Whatever the situation, even death loses its sting in the presence of our King. And we give him glory tonight. We give him honor tonight. We're going to worship for another song or two now. Those of you who are regulars here at Church Without Walls and you'd like to give an offering or tithe at this time, you can go ahead and do so. Those of you who are regulars know how to do that, but I'll put the information reminding you about that up in the chat room in case anybody, you know, has forgotten. For those of you who are visiting, please, please feel under no obligation. Don't feel duty-bound. You are guests in our home. You're guests in our home. Be at ease. Worship with us. We're going to go about two more songs, and then we're going to be start going your show to the now. 13th. Press one to hear important. Your show is scheduled to start in two minutes, 48 seconds. We're going to worship for about two more songs, and then we're going to be going to the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter. I have a message from the Lord for you tonight on mustard seeds and leaven. Mustard seeds and leaven. Let's worship a little longer. Love on fire. Let's go. Two minutes until showtime. Showtime. 
song going but i don't know about this i gotta let it wild thing definition of wild living or growing in the natural environment not domesticated or cultivated uncultured a natural state or uncultivated or uninhibited hallelujah so say we gotta let it wild to live the way I was naturally meant to. This born-again creature has a desire to worship uninhibited, to dance, to sing, to shout, to jump, to do things that it might not be dignified, and it might not sit in your mode, and it might not fit into your little box of you know, it might not be one of check boxes you check and, and, and this is what it looks like, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My worship is not for you. It's for Jesus. So come on, worship. Come on, worship. Worship. Feel the shine. 
goes deeper But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through We do Do you wish that you could see
Lord God, indeed you are worthy. You are wonderful. You are holy. You are gracious. You are worthy, O God, to be honored, to be glorified, to be magnified, O God. And so as we come to your word tonight, Lord, we ask that you would continue to be with us, that you would make your word exactly what you said it was, living, active, sharper than to any two-edged sword. Oh God, that it would be, oh God, like the blade, oh Lord, of a surgeon's scalpel in the hand, oh God, of a master surgeon, not me, but your Holy Spirit. Father, cut through the tumors and the cancer and cut through the growths and the, the, the negativity, Father God. Cut through spiritual cataracts tonight, O God, that keep us from seeing the truth, O God. Cut through blockages, Father God. Cut through, Father, spiritual calcifications, O God, in our joints and cut through, Lord God, spiritual, O Lord, congestion. In our arteries, O oh God, cleanse us, wash us, make us who you determined that we should be, O oh God, tonight. Lead us and guide us. Use your word to challenge us and change us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, brothers, sisters, friends, if you're joining us tonight and you haven't been with us for a while, um, we've been on this series and I have no idea how long it's going to be. Um, Lord has just been pulling up my heart to teach on the parables that Jesus taught. And so we've been in Matthew 13 for a while. We looked at the parable of the sower on three different occasions from three different angles. And then last week we looked at the parable of the wheat and the tares and we looked at what it means to truly be in the kingdom but we looked at the clarification of the battle that we face knowing that there are tares in the kingdom and we can't really uproot them and now we come to this parable I want to deal with two parables tonight actually so if you would follow me in the gospel of Matthew chapter 13 verse 31 chapter 13 Verse 31, another parable put he forth to them, Jesus speaking to the multitude, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable spake he, Jesus, to them, the multitude. The kingdom of heaven is like to leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. All these things spoke Jesus to the multitude in parables, and without a parable spoke he not to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Again, I want to speak to you tonight on the subject of mustard seeds and leaven. 
Jesus here says that the kingdom of heaven, now I want you to keep in mind, in both cases, both parables, he says the kingdom of heaven is like, it's like to a grain of mustard seed, it is like to leaven. So the first thing you need to know is we're talking about what the kingdom of heaven is like, and we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven. We've been talking about our responsibility in the kingdom of heaven to go out and sow seed into places, and also our responsibility to make sure that when we hear the word, we hear it with understanding, we mix it with faith, we do it reverently, that we search the scripture. We've talked about the kingdom of heaven in terms of what Christ is building and how what Christ is building has been infiltrated by the enemy. So we've talked about about the kingdom of heaven. Tonight, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. Not many grains. A grain. And, and I'm sure some of you have seen some of the pictures. A mustard seed is minuscule. It's tiny. It's not even a centimeter in diameter. It's, as Jesus said, Jesus makes a point of saying, it is the least of all the seeds. If you look at different herbs and you look at their seeds, this is the smallest, Jesus is saying. And yet it grows into something greater. Elsewhere, Jesus had told us that if we have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, we can say to the mountain, be cast into the sea, and the mountain will move. So what is Jesus talking about here? He says the kingdom of heaven is like a singular grain of mustard seed, singular grain of mustard, this tiny little thing. You see, we live in the age of bigness. We live in the age of the megachurch. We live in the age of if there's not a thousand people showing up, why do it? We live in the age. We live in an age where supposed pastors and evangelists, supposed men and even women of God, drive around in chauffeured limousines and drive Lamborghinis and Bugattis. They fly their own Lear, they fly around in privately owned Lear jets where they turn basketball stadiums into houses of worship supposedly. And in this age of bigness, we get into challenges of, oh, well, look what my faith did and what did your faith do in it? But Jesus says, no, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. I want to talk to the person tonight who doesn't have a lot to hold on to. Maybe you're new to the kingdom of God. Maybe you're not new. You've been here a while, but, you know, the... The scripture has been fulfilled in your life that everything that can be shaken has been shaken. Everything has fallen apart. You're losing your faith, losing your way. You have very little left to hold on to. You have very little left that you're sure of. And social media doesn't help. 
You've got friends and supposedly they're all Christian and supposedly they're all, you know, studious men of God and you trust them. And, you know, one says I have a degree from such and such and the other from so and so. And I've been trained here and I've been trained there. And one tells you I'm a Calvinist and the other says I'm an Armenian. And one says you've got to read the Bible this way and the other says that way. One tells you that the gifts have ceased and another uses the exact same scripture to show you that the gifts are still in play. And all of a sudden you find your head spinning and you're not sure what you believe anymore oh Jesus we live in an age where there is more Bible teaching available than ever before we have more revelation yet every week people cry out oh I need a new revelation Hey, come with me to this conference. They've got a fresh revelation. Hey, this so-and-so just dropped this book and he's got a new revelation. And we're chasing hither and yarn, looking for a new revelation. But Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a single grain of mustard, which a man sowed in his field. Notice, he did not take the grain of mustard and put it in his pocket. He did not take it and hold on to it. He did not take it and say, I claim that this one mustard seed is multiplied millions of mustard seed. He did not name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. He did not talk about it. He did not, he did not rebuke it. He did not pray over it. He took it and he sowed it into his field. And I want to challenge you tonight that maybe what you need is not a new revelation, but a practical application of the light that God has already given you. Rather than chasing seminar after seminar and meeting after meeting and going thither and yarn and spending all your money and donating here and sowing there, notice, and by the way, for all the seed faith offering people, notice where did the man sow his seed of faith? In his field. It didn't say he sowed in his neighbor's field. It didn't say he looked for the, hot ra the hottest rabbi. He didn't say that he went on the internet and looked for the guy who was, you know, climbing fast up the charts in terms of what he was teaching and preaching. He didn't look for a rabbi. He didn't look for a priest. He didn't look for a Levite. He didn't look for a neighbor. He planted the seed in his own field. Some of you, your problem is not that you don't have enough word, but you're not using the word that you have in your own life. You've got a word for your neighbor and a word for your wife and a word for your daddy and a word for your mama and a word for grandma and a word for your kids and a word. But do you have a word for yourself? It's 2019. Some of you listening didn't ever think you'd see the turn of the century or the turn of the millennia. When we switched over from the 20th, 20th to the 21st century in 2000. Well, we've been here 19 years now. What's your word for this year? What are you holding on for this year? What are you doing with your life, your family, your business, your job, your career, your hope, your problem, your dissatisfaction? What are you doing? What are you sowing? Pastor Pete, you don't understand. Look, that you, it sounds like you're mad at me. and Don't, don't be mad at me, Pastor Pete. I, I love the Lord, and that's why I always have a word for somebody else. It's just you don't know my life. I don't have very much to hold on to. I mean, I, I can tell my neighbor about sowing and reaping and sowing and reaping because he's got something to sow, but I've got nothing. 
And I tell my kids because I don't want them to go through what I went through. And I tell my grandbabies because I don't want them to see what I've seen. And I tell this person, I tell that person, okay, when you're done singing your sad, sad song, do you have a seed for yourself, just one? Oh, but Pastor Pete, this can't be enough. Sure it is. Jesus said the entire kingdom of heaven is like that singular grain of mustard seed. That's why the Bible says not to despise the day of small beginnings. Maybe you don't have a whole lot. Maybe the only thing you know is John 3.16. Why don't you start sowing that into your life and believing that you're really saved? And why don't you go from there? You see, the grain doesn't remain a grain. Jesus said a grain of wheat, unless it falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. Well, the same is true of this mustard seed. But if you sow it into the ground of your heart, if you sow it into your home, if you sow it into your family, if you sow it into your field, and stop casting it away to the wind. God has given you a seed of faith, something to believe in, something he's challenged you with. And he wants you to step out on the word tonight. He's challenging you to hear his word and take a step of faith and live it. Pastor Pete, but that doesn't make sense because the only word that I keep hearing from the Lord is over in Mark 16. I'm at the end of the gospel and God is saying, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who disbelieves shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. Uh, that, what does that have to do with me? Preach. Oh, but Pastor P, I, I, don't, I, don't, have any, I don't have any papers. And uh, I've never been to seminary. And I've never been to Bible college. And I've never been to there. And I don't have any letters. And I have to preach. You don't need letters. You don't need a doctorate. You don't need a PhD. You don't need a master's degree. You don't need a training seminar to go and preach on the street. Go preach. Go preach to your neighbor. Go preach to your coworkers. Go share the gospel. Pastor Peter, you don't know all I have is by his stripes I'm healed. Let's go. Why don't you work that healing in your life? Why don't you work that healing in your home? Oh, but Pastor Pete, the only thing I have is 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that love is born of God and knows God. He that loves not is not of God, for God is love. Then why don't you start loving somebody? Why don't you start in your own home? Why don't you start loving your spouse? Why don't you start loving your kids? Why don't you start loving? Oh, Pastor Pete, I live alone. All I got is this dog. Start loving your dog. Love is the active concern for the life and growth of another. Why don't you start loving? Why don't you start loving? Why don't you start living? You see, we live in an age where everyone's trying to find the key to the next step. But why don't you live the step you're in? Why are we always trying to go to the next level when we haven't finished things? Let me tell you something. God will not elevate you to the next level until you accomplish what he's called you to do at this level. He who is faithful over little shall be exalted and given charge over much. What are you doing with the little that you have? So my word from the Lord for you tonight is sow your seed in your field. It says he sowed the seed in his field. 
Your field could be your home. Your field could be your career. Your field could be your, your occupation. Your field could be your business. Your field could be your neighborhood. Your field could be your school. Your field could be whatever it is God has put your hand to. Sow your seed in your field. Listen, I was speaking to a young man who's very near and dear to my heart. He might be listening tonight. and I'm going to be careful not to give too much away because this is his personal and private business. But this young man is struggling. He is hurting. Life has dealt him a very, very bad hand as of late. And he finds himself in the prime of his youth being incapacitated by constant pain. And everything seems to make it worse. And everything seems to be compounded by something else. There's little, very little to hold on to. And as we spoke two nights ago, began to look for, and I, I didn't even realize it. I wasn't thinking about my message. Till just now I'm seeing the connection. And I began to encourage this young man to look at the one thing he does have. He can't see hope for himself, okay. But there are things he could do right now that would have no effect on him. See, anything that's going to help him, aside from an instantaneous miracle of God, anything that would help him is going to need at least four to six weeks before it starts having an effect. His situation is that bad. So even what's going to fail, he'd have to try for six weeks. But God began to show me and I began to point out to him that yes, but if you do these certain things, if you make these certain calls, if you make these certain changes in your trajectory, you have the opportunity to affect the life of your mom and you have the, the opportunity to affect the life of your dad and you have the opportunity to affect your brothers and sisters and one of his brothers is, is married and a pastor and I said, well, you know, and he's been stressing over his little brother because he loves him and I was explaining to him that if you, if, if you take these steps of faith, while they may not have an effect on you within 24 hours, they will affect your mom and they'll affect your dad and they'll affect your brother and they'll affect your sister and they'll affect your brother's wife. And in doing so, you'll affect their children. And in giving them this hope and giving them this joy, you begin to affect the people he's affecting. And all of a sudden, your life is meaningful. All of a sudden, you're making a difference. All of a sudden, you're changing. The environment for so many people, brother, sister, sow your seed, sow that little tiny mustard seed, sow that last little bit of faith you have into your own field. Somewhere in your home, in your household, somewhere in your situation, there is someone who needs to hear what you have to say. Sow your seed. Sow your seed. I know it looks insignificant. I know it looks meaningless. Sow your seed. Sow your seed. And sow it in your field. Notice field speaks of land. Jesus in his parables has brought us several times to this issue of land. And we've talked about profitable land versus unprofitable land. But we've also talked about ownership of land. And Jesus talked about how he, the Christ, the Lord of all, sowed into his field good seed. 
And yet even in the case of our Lord, the enemy came and sowed bad seed into his good field. So brother and sister, you better put these two things together. Don't learn scripture in isolation. Don't learn parables in isolation. You've got to sow your field because the enemy is looking to sow as well. And if you don't sow your seed, the enemy will definitely sow his. Something's going to grow in your field. And unless you want a harvest of greater negativity and greater sorrow and greater depression and greater depravity and greater bondage and greater calamity and greater darkness and greater hopelessness and greater negativity, then you better sow your seed in your field. Because nature hates, abhors, absolutely disdains a vacuum. Listen, I I defy you. You buy a piece of land, clear everything out. I don't care, buy nuclear strength ground kill. Spray it on everything, cut down every tree. Get some tractors, pull everything out by the roots. Remove every boulder, clear the field. Spray it all, let everything die. Let it be nothing but dirt. Nothing but dirt. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Now leave it alone. Listen, I own a home. I've planted gardens. I plant, listen, I've taken that ground clear stuff and cleared some ground because I had a path to build or I had to make something here or there. I poured that ground clear, killed everything. Nothing grew. And I was supposed to, you know, get to work on what I was building during the week, but things came up and life got busy. Three weeks later, I came back, and there's grass, and there's weeds, and there's stuff growing. This stuff that I sprayed on it is guaranteed for six months. Nope. Nature abhors a vacuum. If you don't sow in your field, something else will. Someone else will. And you may not like what's sown there. Some of you wondering, why do I have no control? It seems like I have no control over my own life. That's the reason why. Because you're not sowing into your life. You're not sowing anything of value. You're not sowing anything of the kingdom. You're not sowing anything of faith. You're not sowing. And by the way, the Bible says anything that we do that is done without faith is sin. And you're not sowing. So don't blame God or this life as to why things are growing. You haven't been sowing into your field. You haven't been believing in yourself. And I don't mean this, listen, I don't mean this humanistic, I believe I'm the center of the universe garbage. Christ our Lord is the center of the universe. But he has given us great and precious promises. And for a lot of people listening tonight, the problem is not whether or not you believe that Jesus can. You believe that Jesus saves. You believe that Jesus heals. You believe that Jesus delivers. You believe that Jesus provides. You believe that Jesus is a healer. You believe that he's redeemer. You believe that he's sanctifier. You believe that he's empowerment. You believe that he's encouragement. You believe all these things. Except you don't believe that he can be any of these things in your life. And that's why you're always sowing into other people. That's why you always have a word for somebody else, but not for yourself. The word from the Lord for you tonight is sow into your field. 
so into your heart, so into your life, so into your mind, so into your bank account, so into your into your skills, so into your talents, so into what God has given you from what he's given you. He provides both meat to the eater and seed to the sower. And yes, he's given us things. We've talked about this. We sow the gospel outwardly. But he's given you some things to sow inwardly. And they seem too small. And they seem insignificant. But Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard that a man sowed into his field. When it sprouts, though it's the smallest, though it's the least of all the seed, and by the way, in comparison, yes, you sow less into yourself, especially men hear me. God designed it that way. We sow less into ourselves than we sow into other people. Our greatest joy is sowing into our wives and sowing into our children and sowing into our careers and sowing into our neighborhood and leaving a legacy that transformed the lives of others. But we still take what seems like this insignificant seed and we sow it into our own field. We sow it into our own home. We sow it into our own lives. We sow. And he says it grew. In fact, if you look at the picture, if you saw our advertisement for tonight's message, that tree-looking thing is a mustard seed plant. Look how big. Look how awesome. Now, you might say, well, I've seen oak trees bigger. Right, but keep in mind, this is technically not a tree. It's an herb. Have you ever planted basil or parsley? Have you ever seen cumin or, or one of these? Have you ever seen one of these herbs grow? They grow little bushy things, and they don't get all that tall. Go to the store next time you're there. Look at the cilantro and the parsley. Look at how they grow. And then look at that picture of the mustard seed plant one more time. It's massive. It's a tree in comparison to these. And he said, but when, it's, it, when it is grown, it is the greatest among the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches. And that's important. You see, when you sow that little bit of faith, when you sow that mustard seed faith into your own field, into the place that God has given you, not other people. You don't step on other people's toes. And by the way, I'm going to help some of you get delivered from charlatans. That's why the concept of sowing seed faith into other ministries is a problem. Because when it's sown into your field, it grows into this mighty plant. I'm not going to name anybody, but whoever your favorite televangelist is, he has his field. You have yours. You sow into your field. You sow into your sphere of influence, that mustard seed. Listen, I'm not saying you don't give to other people. That'd be ridiculous. This ministry depends on the generosity of those listening, but that's not what I'm saying. Don't be manipulated by people who all of a sudden, God has given you a gift. It might be financial. And by the way, the seed is not always financial, but it might be financial. And the first thing that the televangelist will tell you is, hey, if you got any extra money, you've got to give it. No, you don't. Sow it into your field. 
Sow it into your family. Sow it into your community. Sow it into your neighborhood. Sow it into your local church. Sow it. Whether it's a gift or financial blessing or a talent or a word from the Lord, sow it in your field. And it grows to be so big, it says that the trees of the field come and lodge in its branches. They can actually nest in its branches. Now, the only other time we've seen birds so far in Jesus' teaching, and I've been struggling with this all week trying to figure this out. The only other time we hear about birds is the birds are coming and eating the seed of the gospel that's sown into the lives of people who don't understand what they're hearing and don't have faith to believe. And it's robbing them of their blessing. And I'm going, God, I know there's a connection, but what's the connection? And boom, I got it. You see, you have seed of the gospel to sow into the lives of the lost who are around you. You have seed of the gospel to sow into the lives of Christians who need to grow. You have seeds of the gospel that deliver and seeds of the gospel that set free. But you see, when you preach to people who have no understanding and have no real faith, The birds will swoop down and eat it up. But if you sow your little bit of faith into your own field and the mustard seed plant grows, the birds will lodge there and they won't have the opportunity to eat the seed and you'll have time and opportunity and you'll have power in your prayer to open the ear that was deaf to the gospel and suddenly the seed you're sowing abroad has power because of the seed you sowed at home. Hear me, men, all you're sowing abroad is useless unless your children are growing in Christ, unless your wife is being strengthened in the faith. Sow your seed at home. Sow your seed into your field. And then watch the impact of the seed that God has given you to sow abroad. Doesn't need to be great mustard seed. Because you see the second parable that Jesus talks about, he says it's like leaven. Again, leaven is yeast. And you get the impression from the original words used that this woman had very little. But she took three measures of flour and she put the yeast into them. Now she probably only had enough yeast for one measure. But she put it into the three and she hid it there. Notice again, she's putting into her flower. She's not going to her neighbor. She's not going to the lady down the road. Notice she's not going to borrow any leaven. She's no, no, because a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. And throughout scripture, we're being told to beware the leaven of the Pharisees and beware of the leaven of the false teachers and beware of the leaven. But here Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. This woman came and she sowed it into her three measures of flour. And she left it for a season until what? Until the entire mass of flour was all leavened. In other words, you see, brothers and sisters, the common thread between both the woman and her leaven and the man and his seed is that neither one have immediate effect. The man did not sow his mustard seed into his field and bing, next day, tree. In fact, I guarantee you, he didn't even have a little sprout. He didn't have a leaf a day later. Sowing and reaping. While we hear a lot about it, we live in an age of impatience. 
We live in an age where we want everything instantaneously. We live in an age where we yell at the microwave to heat up the food a little faster. And so because of that, we have no patience. And because we have no patience, we have no endurance. But the reality is both of these stories talk about endurance. See, I I do some baking. I, I don't know why. But since my boys have been born, I do more baking than I used to. I do more cooking than I used to. That makes sense to me. My wife is busy with those boys. I give her a break in the kitchen as often as I can. But lately, it's been a thing of baking. My son, Benel, and I, we do some baking together. We've baked bread. We've baked pumpkin bread and cornbread and all kinds of bread. We bake that. And, and I've gotten this thing. I want to do it from scratch. I'm tired of the preservatives. Listen, I don't want to go on a, off on a different trail. So I'll leave that with you. But listen. The non-preservative natural stuff you make at home, there's something to be said for the way grandma used to do it. The way grandpa used to do it when they made everything from scratch. And I tell you something, whenever I've had to use leaven, they, they have that quick yeast now. And you don't have to wait for it, especially if you're making bread. If anyone of you ever made bread, you know you got to put that yeast in some water and let it just sit and sit and sit and sit for hours and then you got to start putting flour and then you got to let that sit and then you got to mix and then you got to pound it and then you got to cover it and let it rise and then you got to pound it some more and shape it and then you got to cover it again and let it rise and it, it takes time and this woman's not even doing all that she just put the leaven in there and just wait and see brother and sister the other thing the Lord is trying to tell you tonight is wait for it Maybe you sowed your seed, your mustard seed. Maybe you put that little bit of leaven, that little bit of hope, that little bit of joy, that little bit of uh, of faith, that little bit of liberty, that little bit of self-control, that little bit of discipline, that little bit of exercise, that little bit of understanding, those few couple of scriptures. And you put them into what should be feeding you. And you don't see a result tonight. I'm here to tell you, wait for it. The leaven will leaven the whole lump. The seed will grow and bear fruit. But you've got to wait for it. You've got to wait upon the Lord. And the waiting isn't doing nothing. Like I said, I've baked. If any of you bakes from scratch, you know what I'm talking about. You don't just throw the leaven in there and wait. There's a process. There's things you've got to do. There's preparation that begins with the bread. And then you've got to wait. And then you've got some more preparation. And then you've got to wait. And then you've got some more preparation. And then you've got to wait some more. But eventually the leaven will do its job. You sow a seed. You don't just put it in the ground and walk away. You've got to water it. When it begins to grow, you've got to protect it from birds and such that may want to eat it up. You've got, you may have to feed it. You may have to put some vitamins, some fertilizer into the ground. You have to water it. You have to protect it from the sun. Whatever it is you've got to do, you've got things to do. Don't grow weary in well-doing. I'm here to talk tonight to the brother or sister who's listening. And you've got that unsaved loved one, and they're still unsaved. You've got that son or daughter who's addicted and they're still addicted. You're battling that same lust, that same besetting habit. 
And you thought by now, you thought surely after a year walking with the Lord, it would be gone. But a year has gone and two and 12 and 10 and 15 and 20 years have gone by. And you're still struggling with the same thing. And you want to just throw your hands up and give up. No, sow a seed. Put the leaven in there. Wait for it. Wait for it. Trust in the Lord. Be steadfast and immovable. Look at what the Lord says to the churches in the book of Revelation. He who endures to the end. He who stands fast. He who's still there. He who is faithful. Brothers and sisters, listen. We live in an age of instantaneous everything. Instantaneous everything. Listen, and I'm no different. I'll be honest with you. I get angry waiting for the oven to heat up. Forget about baking stuff in the oven. I get angry waiting for it to get to the right temperature. I'm like, come on, can't you move? I have a fireplace, and I buy these fire starter sticks because they're treated somehow to burn faster because I get tired waiting for just regular little, you know, kindling to burn, you know, burn a little, you know, paper and then put a little kindling and then put a little more and then put something a little bigger and then put, I want to just put a big log in there, fire. But we've got to be careful. We've got got to guard our hearts against that type of impatience when it comes to the things of God. Because the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. And leaven will leaven. Here's the beautiful thing. You put leaven in your flour. I don't care. You take a teaspoon of leaven. Put it in a two-pound bag of flour. You leave it there long enough, the entire bag will be leavened. In fact, you leave it too long and you won't be able to use that flour anymore. That leaven is going to get in everything. And the kingdom of heaven is like that. If you would just bury it in your heart, if you would just take the truths of God and meditate on them, if you would just water it with a little bit of faith, if you would just combine your, your, your leaven with a little bit of faith, the kingdom of God will change everything. It'll change every relationship. It will change every habit. It will change what's right and wrong. It will change how you spend your money. It will change how you deal with your friends. It will change what you watch on TV. It'll change what you listen to on the radio. It will change the words you speak. It'll change your vocabulary. It will change your demeanor. It will change your ways. It will change your personality. It will change your financial situation. It will change your marital situation. It will change your familial situation. It will change your professional situation. It will change everything. But you've got to give it time to work. And while you're giving it time, you don't sit around. You've got to pound that dough. Come on, some people, there's got to be somebody. There's at least one or two out there who have baked. You know what I'm talking about. You've got to pound that dough dough. You've got to put that water in. You've got to get that stuff mixing. You've got to form it and knead it and pull it and weave it and pound it and then you got to cover it and then you got to just wait. And then you got to go to work again and then you got to cover it and then you just got to wait. And so there are seasons of work and seasons of waiting and seasons of work and seasons of waiting. But at the end of the day, don't grow weary in well-doing. Stick with it till the end. Trust in the Lord. That he will accomplish what he sent his word to do. And so the kingdom of heaven is like mustard seed. Tiny, insignificant. But if planted in your field. If watered with faith. 
and cherished with love, it will grow so big it empowers what you do abroad. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. If you just let a little bit in of it into your life, don't separate out sections. Notice she had three measures. She didn't take one measure and just, no, no, no. She put it in all three. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven. Let it into every piece of your life. Let it into the basement of your mind and the attic of, attic of your mind. Let it into the high places and the low places and the secret places. Let it into your sexuality. Let it into your identity. Let it into your relationships. Let it into your humor. Let it into your eating. Let it into your drinking. Let it into your walking. Let it into your talking. Let it into every aspect. Let it into your professional life. Let it into your academic life. Let it in, let it in, let it in. Let it into your mothering and your fathering. Let it into your being a child. Let it into every area of your life. And you will find it transforms everything. It needs some time. But I know for sure I'm not the man I used to be. But not only that, I'm also not now the man I will be tomorrow. Brother, sister, friend the Lord has a word for you tonight two words three so work wait trust so work wait trust if you've been feeling like giving up lately if you've been feeling like all hope is lost, if you've been giving up on the word that God has given you, if I nailed it perfectly when I said that you always have a word for somebody else, but you have no more faith for yourself, why don't you stand on your feet? If you have an area of your life that still hasn't been leavened by the leaven of God's word and his kingdom, if you have an aspect of your life that hasn't been touched by the Holy Ghost, if you would like God to be all in all, consuming fire over every area of your life, then I want you, wherever you are, to lift your hands right now. Lift your hands in total surrender onto God and make a proclamation. You're going to do it privately because you're at home as you listen, but you can make it public in a moment by talking to people here. Lift those hands. Begin to repent of any unbelief, of any compromise in your life. Begin to pray with me. Begin to pray for yourself as I pray. Father, you see all these who have gathered with uplifted hands. Father, you see them. Each situation is different, Lord, so I can't pray each situation right now. I don't know them all, but you do. Father, there's some listening and they don't, at least they, they, you, you've given them a mustard seed, but they can't see it. It's so small. Some of them, they drop their mustard seed and mustard seed is so tiny. If I drop that on the floor, I may never find it aside from a miracle. Father, would you be their miracle tonight and show them the mustard seed of faith, the mustard seed of your word, 
that you've given them for their field. Show them where to sow it. Show them whether it's to be sown into their mind or their heart, into their flesh or into their children or into their spouse or into their career or into their studies or where show them where to sow. What area of the field do you want this mustard seed to be sown in? And Lord, for those who have the leaven of your word but hasn't touched every measure yet. Maybe it touched two out of three, but there's this one measure of flower. There's this one area of life that's untouched. Lord, that's probably because we separated that area out. Forgive us for that sin. But I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them tonight, Lord, to open that area that they thought was impossible, that besetting sin, that addiction, that relationship, that loved one, that place where they gave up hope. Let hope arise tonight in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brothers, sisters, friends, um, we do have a live call-in line. Uh, I am going to open that up for those of you who don't know. All right. Our number is 646 Seven two one nine nine one seven. If you have a particular situation where you need additional prayer, if you have a question that just needs to be answered, go ahead and call that line right now. By the way, if you just have a question, all right, or something you'd like for us to pray about but it's not urgent, you can also text us at eight four five six six four. I'm sorry, eight four five 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 three zero eight eight three. Additionally, if this ministry has been a blessing to you tonight, we're going to listen to some music. And as we listen, if we've been a blessing to you tonight, I would like to ask you to consider sowing something financial into this ministry. We appreciate and covet your prayers. We do not covet your giving because at the end of the day, if you don't, someone else will. God will always provide. As long as he wants this ministry on the air, he'll provide. But those of you who received your receipt letters know, I was very honest with you. Um, the number of our givers decreased dramatically, was cut by more than 50%. Yet the amount of giving into this ministry only decreased by 20. We'd like to get back to where we were. Because when we're operating at full steam, then we have more to sow into missionaries and into missions and into different organizations. Would you consider sowing a love offering of any size tonight? This is not in contradiction of anything I taught. I still want you to sow into your fields first. But God will give abundance. Three ways to sow. They're all there. You can go to our website. You can use our email address, or you can write us. The information is there on the in the website. Our our website is kqcministries.org. That's kqcministries.org. If you're using PayPal, Chris Dell, Quick Money, Pop Pay, any of that, kqcministries at gmail.com is our email address. 
And if you want to write us, 97 Jefferson Street, Highland Mills, New York, 10930. Send that care of Pastor Pete Torres. We're going to listen to music for a while. The phone lines are open. If you'd like to contact us, if you'd like to call, if you need additional prayer tonight, go ahead and call right now. Lines are open. and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brothers, sisters, we have no calls right now on our call-in line. 
and that's fine. That always says to me that people have heard. Although I do see that one prayer request, amen. We just pray right now for Brenda's son, Father God, and family as they head home for Jeremy Madison, Father God, bless him. Strengthen him and camp your angels round about to keep them safe on that journey home. Father, more than that, let your word touch their hearts. Let the leaven of your presence, Lord God, leaven every area of their lives, oh God, so that they will be yours entirely. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Now, brothers, sisters, friends, we want to thank you for joining us that text number is available all week you can text us at any time and you know we'll get back to you um, we'll definitely be praying all right so keep that in mind I also want to let you know um, we will not have service next week uh, I have some things that just need to get done and, and not enough hours in the day to get them all done so I'm going to need at least this one week off, but we should be back the following week, the 9th, and we're going to celebrate communion together then when we come together. Until then, please keep us in your prayers. We'll keep you in ours. Thank you for joining us tonight. For those who have sown into this ministry who did give, thank you so much. You really don't know how much we appreciate your faithful giving. And for those who have nothing to give and would want to, your prayers. Oh, if you only knew how far, how deep, how wide your prayers go. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing. Thank you for strengthening and encouraging us. We love you, but Jesus loves you even more. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you right now for these who are yours. Thank you for your blessings over them. Oh God, I declare right now that they are blessed. They are the head and not the tail. Above always, never beneath. Amen, but now. And so Lord, we call them blessed coming in, going out in the city, in the field, everywhere they go, Father God. So we just pray that you bless them, that you watch over them that you give your angels charge over them. Father, that you let this word be hidden in their hearts and let it grow and bear much fruit. Father, thank you for the opportunity to impact the lives of your people. Bless them this night and always, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother, sister, friend, you are blessed, joyous, happy, filled with the good things of God. Go now and be a blessing to others. The Lord bless you and keep you as you go. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you. Love you so much. Thank you for the encouraging words. I see that. God bless you. God bless you as you're a blessing to others. Have a great week. We'll see you in about two weeks. Thank you. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.